Says Trice Talk Sunday Night Live, May the thirtieth, and I'm Donald Wayne. And I'm Dennis Lee. Hello, Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Uh, like Captain? <laughs> yeah, we're we're on last name basis here. Only I don't know how that happened, how that came out. Just hey, Eric. Um, is that a tearment? Is that a tearment there? The second one under you there, Dennis Lee? Um, I spelt it wrong. <laughs> You're still what? Who's what? I said, is that a tearment under you? Um, <laughs> yes. That's what it looks a like. Tear, a tear. A tear. Remember. Or is that 17? member? Oh, it's a tear member. I thought it said a terror mint. Ah. Well, I know. Ah, Sunday night, we're one more day of the holiday weekend. And uh, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, so actually, some people started the holiday on Thursday, I understand. Um, I know I was working last week in the house that I was working at. She said, Oh, yeah, just about all the staff in, in her office was. Uh, planning on taking off on thursday so oh wow extended yeah i took friday off but i didn't know people were taking thursday off too well you know it's i mean one of the you know they said they said 40 years ago that we were gonna eventually run into uh have a four-day work week you know because of all the innovations and all the modern conveniences that you know we were gonna whittle it down to a four-day work week now they didn't say for everybody but Mm -hmm. um i never have seen that actually um and then i read a few years ago maybe three or four years ago that eventually we were going to work into a three-day work week but uh i dare say that doesn't work for all facets of our uh, economy (laughs) Yeah, the, our company hadn't got the memo yet on that, Donald Wayne. I don't know. Uh, I have to circle back around to that. I kind of feel maybe they were talking about government offices that were going to uh, go to a three and a, or a four day work 
week. <laughs> you know, not not the little peons in society, not the people that actually have to pay taxes that gives them a job, you know, uh, especially yeah. now since uh, Biden intends to uh, sink the ship, sink the treasury ship. So uh, people are going to have to work more just to, to uh, pay towards all that debt. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't actually need to gain wealth. You know, the government will just give it to us. So <laughs> you think? <laughs> Not really. They, um, oh, I still, let's see. Okay. Y'all can take I a break. Someone's singing in the background. Yeah, yeah well, it was, <laughs> it's the little workers. Oh. The people that work lights aren't twinkling. Yeah, they work seven days a week instead of just three or four. Oh my! So did you enjoy your? uh, Well, that that means you'll have a four day weekend. That's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty good, Dennis Lee. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just I'm Uh, I'm rearranging all of my vocabulary tonight for some reason or other. Uh, well, you know, uh, whatever works. And I, I haven't, you know, I haven't been into way. your bottle that's still sitting over there. It's got the same amount in it it did, uh, you know, a week and a few days ago. Does it? Because I I drew a line on it. Now, you probably couldn't see it. <laughs> did it you? Faint, but I <laughs> well, can see it in black light. So uh, uh, it's amazing what you can do with colored water <laughs> these days. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> of course, you, you would probably realize it once you took a swig yeah it kind of tastes like bit of honey i don't know um yeah you'd be lucky if it tastes like that <laughs> oh boy oh boy yeah, yeah. this has been great uh, you done any cooking out yet there donald wayne any grilling and chilling uh no just we did a nice bonfire last night at the fire pit yeah. the old fire pit uh, we the did cook fire pit. Yeah, we did cook out. Uh, I guess it was last night. Yeah, we did grill out, but um, just mainly worked in the yard for two days because of the weather. Uh, it was uh, nice. Yeah. So, it was beautiful. Nice. Yeah. We actually ended up going to the um, Georgia Renaissance Festival yesterday. That was an experience If uh, for people who live in Georgia. If you've never been, I encourage you to go at least once. And, I've never uh, been. I, I threatened for years to really? go. Is that down South 85 is where they have that? Uh, it's down in Fairburn, Georgia. Yes. Yeah, South 85. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Um, I always thought I might enjoy it, but then as time went on and uh, the little one got big, it just didn't seem to be a priority right. anymore. But, well, uh, it's, it's actually, we, you know, I was reminded yesterday as, as we went, that it's more geared for adults. Um, <laughs> there are things for the wee ones, but uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, um, wash and winch would probably give it away. Um, which was wash great. And we win. had to explain. Yeah, wash and winch. Or would you throw baseballs at her, um, try to dunk her or something? No, no, they did have that too, though. But then you have to explain what a winch is. That's uh, so. Look, we didn't come out here to have to do all that, but it was um, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, you know, I have. 
Um, they don't let you rent costumes anymore out there. You have to actually buy them because of the whole COVID thing. So, and I didn't realize how expensive those costumes were. Um, we were looking at the price tags, and it's like, nope. Um, I was going to say, did you actually dress up for this? <laughs> no, I would have if they still had the rental um, costumes. I would have possibly done that. Um, but I didn't see any washing facilities and. All they had was porta potties, so I don't know. Um, but uh, it, it was interesting the amount of people that were there dressed up that you think are actually part of the um, the show, but they're not. It's people who came out like they were going to Comic Con and yeah. uh, decided to dress up as their favorite character. Um, I always hated that ad they did showing people with those giant turkey legs walking around eating those yeah. things. But uh, I'm not. Uh, once you get there and get one in your hand, it's not all that. <laughs> um, I remember they used to have fried ice cream, and then they, you know, the mead is supposedly a big thing for what? everybody to get a mead. It's kind of a honey kind of beer, you know, like the old. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. Is it actually beer? Uh, the old, old, like monk beer, um, so monk brew. Uh, uh, it is actually beer, yes. So, oh. but it's made from honey. Uh, it's definitely an acquired taste. I didn't get one. Um, they had plenty of uh, apple cider beer there, so there was no need to get the mead. <laughs> hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, and the weather was great. It couldn't have been any nicer as far as temperature goes. Actually, if you sit in the shade, it was a little chilly. Yeah, that was the thing last night about doing the fire. I thought, well, gee, this is going to be <laughs> almost uh, June, almost summer here. So, you know, these nights of being comfortable sitting out there doing a fire is going to be uh, few and far between. But right. so that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And we have no shortage of wood here now. We <laughs> cut some more limbs out today, so that'll be uh, fodder for some fires down the road. There you go. But, yeah, it's nice. Uh, but, I, yeah, years ago, I mean, that thing's been going on down there for 20 years or more, I would imagine. Um, that's oh, always been yeah, such a big thing. Oh, yeah, it's longer than that, yeah. Um, we used to go to the one in Texas, Um a few times growing up. Uh, I think that's an odd area for it to be in, but I guess, I don't know, maybe they draw a lot of people from, you know, down towards um, uh, <clears throat> Newnan and all that. But, you know, it seemed like they would yeah, want to have one up in the, in the foothills of the mountains up here, you know? I don't know. They were, they were packed. Um, it took, once we got to the turnoff to get in there, it took actual... I think a good 30 minutes to go probably three miles. Yeah. So, well, there was a ton of people there. Ton of people. But it, it was fun. You Anybody know? wearing masks? Um, not a lot. Um, there were mask wearers out there because they had a sign up that, you know, if you had had the COVID shot, you could, you didn't have to wear a mask. But if you hadn't, you know, wear one. So yeah, but there's still a good amount of people wearing a mask. I guess it's about fifty fifty. You, uh, I mean, I'm I'm quite sure there's going to be a lot of people who just fudge that 
you know, because there's not going to be any way to tell right. if they're not if they're not checking you. So, but it's good that good. It was nice weather to do something like that. I wish we'd have weather like that when they have the uh, North Georgia Fair uh, in the fall in September. But it's it's either raining or it's hot, and uh, right. So, but uh, I really there's not. There's not a whole lot to go see on that anymore. Uh, I think the last no. time I went, I was kind of disappointed. And they, I used to go for the entertainment, you know, they would have down in the uh, little Coliseum building down there where they right. have all the, the rodeo stuff. And uh, I think the last time I went, um, gosh, who was that? Uh, that I saw there. Now I'm, uh, the devil came down to Georgia. Oh, Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels was there. Yeah, his his little band. There there was only about thirty or forty people in there that night, but it Jeez. was a good show. Anyway, that was well good. That was nice little nice little time to be able to do something like that with this weather. It's almost like fall today, except there everything was green instead of instead of bright colors. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get out and enjoy a little bit of it tomorrow, too. Uh, for the return of the work. Well, <laughs> it, it's it's all part of the plan, Clark. That's it. Indeed it is. All right. Well, I guess um, back to uh, stuff that's going on. I mean... I, in one respect, it doesn't seem to be a lot, but then if you kind of move away the debris from the top of the pile, you can see there's all kinds of little stuff going on underneath. Like the oh, little yeah. insects are busy trying to continue to screw things yeah. up in this country. The larvae. Yeah. Yeah. The parasites. Indeed. I, uh, excuse me while I clean my bifocals here because I'm, I must have. <clears throat> touch them inadvertently and the, there's oh, a big, well. big spot right in front of the place a where smudge. I need to, yeah, that I need to see things. A smear. Uh, Donald Wayne has been it, smeared. Yeah. Yeah. What was that in the line in the birdcage? Uh, you smear the butter on the toast. Remember that part of the movie where he was trying I to show him? I remember that. Uh, the same same place where he was talking about walking like John Wayne. Oh, where he's trying to get him to... He butter the toast. Yeah, butter the toast. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, kept, he, he kept breaking the toast. Back in high school, <laughs> butter the toast. Oh. Well. <laughs> we'll yes, save that uh, for another episode. That wasn't... It wasn't in my vocabulary. <laughs> Obviously, that was a different time, wasn't it? I guess it would have had to be if I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, anyway, so first thing I want to talk about is um, there was another audit going on in the country. Uh, a little, little talked about audit. I didn't know about it. Uh, I also on the, uh, 
update front, I read this weekend <clears throat> that uh, Fulton County filed some kind of uh, answer or something in court uh, to stop the audit. So now they have to wait. The judge has to hear this this brief they filed before they can start you know, get back to the process of trying to get the count recount set up for Fulton County. So we knew that would happen. We knew that uh, Fulton County is going to do everything they can to stop it. But it's just amazing that all these people don't want this stuff to be counted again by these particular groups that are counting them. Just that seems suspicious to me. I, I don't I just don't know why you wouldn't want to just let them go ahead and do it and uh then settle the issue but uh right. all they do is keep saying oh it has been settled we've already recounted twice and we say that right. it was fine yeah well this this story comes out of um new hampshire of all places and i found it on huckabee's newsletter for friday evening but he, as usual, he cites an article, and I've never heard of this site before. It's called conservativetreehouse.com. Uh, so uh, I'll post this article also. And if you've noticed, Dennis Lee, I've gotten better about posting articles. Have you Have you been yes, paying attention? Yes, I, I was going to applaud you for that, Donald Wayne. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. You have done a very good job. Well, I'll just applaud for myself here. There you go. Give yourself... <laughs> The clap, Donald. Yeah, I'll give myself the clap. Well, oh, there's boy. a story for another day, but um, yeah, I've, I've been trying to post these things. So it starts out, and I'll just read just a quick bit of what Huckabee said, and then it'll get into the article from uh, Conservative Treehouse. And Huckabee goes on to say, I told you about an audit in New Hampshire that found that voting machines were misreading folds in ballots as votes causing them to be rejected or they call it overvoting or having too many spaces filled in. It proved that a Republican who won by only 24 votes uh, on election night, it uh, doesn't say what Republican that was, but it was, uh, it was, I don't know if it was a state uh, position he was running for or if it was something in the house, but anyway, but after they did this recount, after they found this problem, they determined that that person actually won by 420 votes. That's pretty big. I mean, 400 is probably doesn't sound like a, a lot of additional votes or almost 400. But when you got a state as small as New Hampshire, that's that. And that's one county. That's a pretty big deal. So as. Um, so as they had disqualified those almost 400 votes because of this problem of the machines rejecting these ballots because, uh, and I'll explain this a, a little bit more in detail in a minute, because of this fold in the ballot. So um, let's see. Officials claim that this was isolated to only that county, but other researchers claim they've identified neighboring counties with the exact same issue. In other words, the same kind of machines were counting uh, or they were rejecting votes because of uh, this little fold issue that they had with the, the ballots. So 
Then so it goes on over to the conservativetreehouse.com article, uh, which is from the 25th. I'm, I don't remember what day that was. <laughs> it's the 30th. So what was it, Thursday or Friday? Um, yeah. In Wyndham, New Hampshire, foals in the ballot are presumed to be the primary reason that generated disqualified ballots. When the ballot fold runs near a blank oval space where a vote would be registered, the ballot counting machine was counting the fold and then it and the crease as a ballot. So think about your your ballot uh, that that you. Well, especially those that you you mail in. Right. If I guess it it didn't say exactly here, they're mail-in ballots, but that's the only kind it could have been if they're folding the the things. So you fill out your ballot and you fold it up to put it in the envelope to mail it or drop it in the box, the the drop box. Um, And there's an example included with this article at at that site, conservativetreehouse.com, and it shows you. So there's the ballot and you've got the names and then you've got the little ovals that you have to fill in. Um, there's this particular one they show right there at the name and the oval, the ballot was folded over. So what it's saying is that the machines were reading that crease in the ballot, that fold in the ballot as a vote. Well, you could see right next to that particular guy, uh, person's name, there was another name that did have the oval circled in so what the machine was doing was recognizing that somebody it looked like it they'd voted for both a a republican and and a democrat and so they kicked out the ballot invalid because you can't vote for the the two different uh you know on the same on the same um i want to uh if it's the same office that they're running for is what I'm saying. I mean, you can switch. I know in Georgia, you can switch over and you can vote for some Democrats and some Republicans, which I have been known to do, but uh, not, not if they're running for the same office. So that's what they were doing. They were kicking out these ballots because it looked like somebody had voted for, for both the Democrat and the Republican candidate. Um. So anyway, they call that this when that happens as an overvote, and that means that the uh, the ballot's not going to be allowed. It'll kick it back out, and so therefore that vote, that legitimate vote, was not counted. It appears many, if not all, folded ballots created overvote ballots in that county. And those overvote ballots are disqualified. This is why there's such a high percentage error rate between the electronic tabulation results and the hand recounts not using machines. So when people are obviously counting them by hand, they can actually see which uh, person was being voted for. And then their count's going to be different from what the machine count was. Um, This outcome is also what creates the disparity in votes cast and actual voting percentages as identified in the tabulation results for specific machines. The higher the number of overvoted ballots through a machine, the more flawed the tabulation results are as comparison to all voter ballots through similar machines. This is what has been identified in Wyndham, uh, New Hampshire. 
And like I said, there's a picture. And when I post this article, you can see the picture and then the light bulb will go on and say, well, yeah, I can see how, that makes sense. So what if you take that 400, almost 400 votes that were, uh, thrown out by the machine that were for that Republican candidate and you multiply that times the number of counties in that state that use that particular machine, uh, I think it could probably be a staggering number. And it certainly could be enough to uh, make a difference in, in the overall election. So mm. um, let's see. The Wyndham election officials and auditors with a vested interest in the position of the New Hampshire state officials have said that the ballot folding issue is isolated. Um, they, but the uh, other researchers say the issue is far more widespread than just Wyndham. The exact same pattern of high overvote ballots resulting in skewed tabulation results has been identified in neighboring counties to Wyndham County. Um, and additionally, and perhaps more importantly, the folding issue impacts all of the races on the ballots, local, state, and federal, because overvote ballots were disqualified in all of those races. Um, so I'll go back to Huckabee's closing line on this. He says, I wonder if someday we'll look back on the people who declared questioning the 2020 election results to be a big lie. The same way we're already starting to look at that smug fact checker who said the same thing about questioning whether COVID-19 really came from eating bats out of a wet market in China. So, mm. you know, the, the more people scream, you know, there's nothing to see here, the more the possibility. I mean, they keep finding these little issues. That's that's the thing. That's why they don't want anybody looking. And yeah, you look at that 400 votes. Okay. You know, that's not going to change the world, especially since that particular candidate won. But right. what if it, what if it had been in reverse? What if, what if they had not won? What if they had lost by 400 votes that were kicked out by this machine because the machine could not process that, that uh, mail in ballot properly because of that fold. And then you multiply that times all the other problems that we're finding across the country. And who knows how that election would have ended up last year. So mm. I'm, I'm happy to keep seeing them come up with these issues because at least eventually it's going to, some of this stuff is going to have to stick on the wall and people are going to have to stop talking about, you know, whether or not it was actually stolen or it was just mismanaged last year. There are issues there, legitimate issues that people really need to discover and fix quickly. No, I agree. Um, they need to. They need to get on it. There's no reason why this sh should continue to linger. Why? Why you should leave it hanging? You right. know that if all these issues came up, if Donald Trump had won. The election, but all this stuff was coming to light. Do you not think that the Democrats would be using every legal means possible to uh, fight this thing? Oh, they definitely would. They definitely would. Um, but of course, you know, 
you speak uh you speak about that and then you're you're labeled racist and you know well i got news for insider. him that that worked with obama but it won't work I mean, it, they tried to make it work with Obama, but it won't work with mm. Biden. How can you be a racist against Biden? Right. Oh my goodness! Did you see him walking? Um, did you see him walking around the other day? I mean, the more pictures they show of this poor man going from point A to point B, it's it's distressing. Well, that's on you know. I, we've all said that you know we'll be lucky uh, you know he'll he'll be lucky to make it through the year before they try to um replace him say he's so, incapable yeah i mean I, you know i don't like his politics but um shame on them for for putting him in place you know right shame i mean yeah we can disagree with the politics and uh and, and his son hunter but you know uh, I, I do feel sorry for him for for being put in a position to do this, and uh, he obviously wasn't physically able. He wasn't up to it. But uh, yeah, that, and that's the only problem, um, Eric. Is it you know um, he gets taken out, then Kamala would uh, take over. We so. got Kamala. Of course, that'll take her out of the Senate. <laughs> that'll take her out of the tiebreaker for the Senate. I don't know what they would do for, about those issues then, because that's one of the big concerns that we have. If anything uh, gets to in the Senate where, where she has to be a tiebreaker. Well, it's, it's a given where she's going to go. Right. Hey Jess, I didn't see you a minute ago when I was talking. Welcome. Um, have you heard anything about the, uh, about California. Hey, grad one. Welcome to the show. Um, okay. Well, I guess I need to back up. Yeah, do the call in. in the beginning. Um, and the, the TriStock call in policy is to uh, announce in the chat what you'd like to talk about, especially if we don't know who you are. Or this is your first time coming into the show. And that way we have a heads up so we don't have any verbal streakers. And then if we allow you to come up to the call line, you will have three minutes to get out your thoughts and remember this is a non-explicit show and then after three minutes we will lower you gently back down into the chat that is tristalk's calling policy thank you for participating <laughs> yes um, and we we do allow Grant canadian one. callers and we enjoy to hear from our canadian neighbors uh, yeah, as a matter I, of fact, I I've got a Canadian story here at the end of my little he, thing. So. He's trying to call in <laughs> now, so we... <laughs> uh, uh, grad we, one, uh, what would you like to talk about before we bubble you into the strip? Jess has a good question, too. Let's back yeah. up there. So be auditing the states that Trump won, too. There's a question that Jess Duck posed on the chat. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. Yeah, why not? Um, I have no problem. With, I I don't have a problem with them auditing every one of them in the country. Every state, you know, because if what if an inaccuracy comes up that enabled him to win the votes in that state, then that needs to be highlighted too. You know, this is make sure the damn thing works the way it's supposed to. Yeah, because it if if those machines some time. The issue that I was talking about, if that's faulty, if that's a problem with that machine, well, then it would the same would apply if it were a, a Democrat who whose vote was kicked out because or, or somebody voted for a Democrat that 
that was kicked out for the same reason. Uh, certainly. I would support that. Um, I think the whole system. Did he, uh, did he respond there? I don't see an answer yet. Grab one. Grab one. Uh, please put down in the chat what you'd like to speak about, and uh, we will bubble you in. Hey, PPG, PBG, and uh, <laughs> Sarhabeli, and uh, uh, sorry, Sarhabi, Sarhabi. Sorry. I'm sorry, Sarhabi, and then uh, Chucky. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, uh, um, yeah, P PPG. That's that's Pittsburgh plate glass, isn't it? In the sleep? No, that's that's uh, the other way around. Huh? Um, PPG. Pittsburgh plate uh, glass. PBG. Oh yeah, PBG. <laughs> okay. Oh, but yes. Um, okay, talk. grad one. Thank you. Let's talk about Trudeau. Was calling and say God, God bless to my Yankee brothers and sisters. And um, um, well, Donald Wayne, how do you feel about that? Welcome, Pook. Um, Pook. How do you feel about that, Donald Wayne? I, I'm fine with that. All right, well, call in, grad one, and remember, no explicit language. Yeah, I, I can't really talk about Trudeau that much because I'm not very versed on his policies and so forth, but uh, we certainly can take a comment. All right, here we go. Welcome, Welcome grad buddy. one. Hey, God bless you guys. <clears throat> Welcome, off. grad one. God bless. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Canadian. Pardon? I'm, I'm from Canada. Canada. Oh, well, welcome. What, yes. what, what, what part, part of Canada, Canada are you in, Grad One? Uh, Toronto. Teal. Toronto? Toronto. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, so you, 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 want you want to say something about Trudeau or you. No, thing is, no, yeah. Oh, okay. no, just uh, no. Thing is, where okay. First off, Memorial Day for you folks, right? Yes, sir. Uh, God bless tomorrow. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. God bless. God. God bless the military. God bless you guys and that. I'm very. I'm very pro uh, military horse. So yeah. Okay. Well, we that. appreciate Thank you. that. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Fucking right, man. Yeah. yeah so, what are you? What are you guys up to? Um, just working on kicking, uh, kicking this Memorial Week off, um, you know, and just just chilling with friends. How about how about you? Same thing, dude. Same thing, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just I, I apologize. I just wanted to fucking God bless you guys, man. Memorial Day. All right. Well, God bless you too, Donald Wayne. You know what to do there. Um. Thank you for calling don't, in, Grad One. We no, don't, you. don't, don't, yeah. don't, hang it. don't, don't hang up, man. Explicit show, but you can go down in the chat. We appreciate it, Grad One. Can Thank I ask you a question, so Dennis? 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 Yeah, what you got? We lost him. Oh, jeez. Oh, but <laughs> we thanks lost for him. calling in. Yeah, yeah thanks we for calling it. in, Grad One. Um, that's why we, you know, is we, we say in the beginning, it's a non-explicit show. So, and usually after two F-bombs, you'll get lowered down in the chat. So, but you know, it's all good. Um, 
Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. <laughs> Bart, welcome to the show. We do appreciate the uh, shout out to yeah, uh, we our Memorial Day Canadian, celebration. Though. Canadian brothers and sisters, thank you so much. Um, Donald Wayne, did you know that California, there's a, there's a, California, there's a cafe in California charging a $5 fee to diners that they hear that brag about their vaccine? While they're at the restaurant, okay. I'm I'm wondering, and and they is this a published policy, or do they make people aware of this before they go in there? Um, well, it says uh, uh, that the, they 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 were being told that they will be charged an additional fee, like up to five dollars, if they place the order while wearing a personal protective face mask. First off, so you can't even put an order in. Um, at this restaurant, if you have your face mask on. So it says $5 a sign on the door that says there's a $5 fee added to orders placed while wearing a face mask. Um, the, <laughs> um, the, and, and that is at uh, Fiddleheads Cafe in Mendocino. Um, it was the sign was put up on Sunday, so I guess it's to see what it says. Uh, yeah, it was put up today. Um, and it includes the provisions to charge the same fee for anybody that uh, they hear bragging about being vaccinated. So it's twofold, you know. Yeah, if you, you don't, don't wear a mask when you order your food, but then if you're talking shit because you you don't wear you're, you're not having to wear a mask, then you can get uh, a Slap with a five dollar fine there too. So, um, I would I would think that there are going to be some fights in that restaurant. <laughs> I would maybe think so. Well, uh, and, and also the the fee is going to um, is going the, all the fee money is being donated to Project Sanctuary, which is a local domestic abuse organization. So the money is going to a good charity. Um, hmm. So, I mean, once you found out about that, you give them five bucks just to go to the Yeah, charity. you think that's a promotional kind of trick that maybe they're trying to do there just to... Yeah, to, to get money to that organization, which, you know, that's... But um, it did get it did get a lot of recognition. They say there's no bad press, right, Donald Wayne? <laughs> right. So, uh, well, um, it depends. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, if you're handcuffed <laughs> nude on the evening news, then that might be some bad press. But I, yeah, oh, I appreciate that, poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, there, there's also. I mean, they've got a sign on the door, a sign at the register. Um, and the owner, Chris Castleman, defended um, the coronavirus-related fees as a choice. And said uh, He said that I don't think $5 to charity is too much to ask from mask-wearing customers who claim to care so much about the community they live in, Castleman told NBC News. Well, there you go. He's got a good point. And he said, I, and I don't force anyone to pay. I give them the freedom of choice, which means, seems to be a foreign concept in these parts of the country, he says. And I mean, in California, well <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Mr. Castleman. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, but I'm not wearing a, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not wearing a sticker, but I, I guess if you wear, if you're not wearing your mask, that's pretty much saying, you know, cause we went to the, 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 um, you know, Renaissance festival yesterday and they had a sign. If you don't, 
if you have your vaccine, you're not required to wear your mask. So now, and there was a lot of people wearing the mask. So if you're not wearing your mask, they look at you like, oh, there's one, the vaccinated one. Um, so, um, so he also says it's about time that the proponents of, uh, of these ineffective government measures start paying for the collateral damage they have collectively caused. Um, he was going on a re- on a terror here. He said, I've been told this my the whole time that wearing a mask is a small price to pay, Castleman added. Some people get shocked by the sign, but to see them turn around and get disgusted when they're asked to pay $5 for a freaking charity, um, it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not something they're choosing to do. Um, you know, um in April of 2020, so this guy's been, he's been doing all kinds of little things to get uh, his restaurant noticed. Um, <laughs> said in April 2020, Castleman announced any customer that ripped off and threw away their face mask would receive 50% off their entire order. That was in <laughs> April. That was like in the wee hours of uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 pandemic um that's that's crazy um but yeah you can you can see the rest of that article on our facebook page but i you know kudos to him you know it's uh what's uh what we got down here maybe it's uh, in the presentation uh, thank you eric appreciate that um and let's see, uh, sister's been vaccinated and she still wears her mask. Just Duck says, I mean, I get it, but you know what? Um, where was I at today? Oh, I was in Walmart. Finally, finally. And you, and you may say, well, Dennis Lee, you're crazy. Um, but I was in Walmart. I've been vaccinated and they took down their sign that says you must wear a mask. So the majority of people had masks on in Walmart. And so, and that's fine. Um, I don't have a problem with it, but I've been vaccinated. So um, I'm, I'm sick of wearing that mask. So I did not <laughs> wear my mask. Now, my family members, they wore their mask in there, and uh, I did not. And, you know, I mean, I didn't breathe on anybody or cough on anybody or sneeze on anybody. Um, but I did find myself touching more things than usual oh, um, because okay. of being vaccinated. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, did you ever did you ever pay attention to that when you when the pandemic was going on, you weren't vaccinated, you tried to touch as little as possible, you know. I still it's don't just, touch a I whole lot except what I'm picking up. To buy. I touch a bunch of random things. I'm not, what, you go like through that. the store rubbing things. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, oh Walmart was one of those stores that advertised that they were, were going to discontinue the mask policy. Uh, Kroger still has theirs. I was in Kroger on Friday, and uh, they still had their sign up. So I had my mask with me, and I wore it through the store, even though about a third of the people in there did not have masks on. Actually, one employee didn't. I thought that was kind of bold, but... Um, Kroger still requires you to have one. Uh, Home Depot still requires you. I mean, their uh, their sign is up. They don't enforce it. But you know, I, I, it's their right to. I've got it. my COVID card. I'll wave it proudly. <laughs> so, um, well, 
I have mine too. And it's, and it's on my phone, but I just, you know, I, I try to re- be respectful of the institution that I'm uh, patronizing. So, uh, the, well, and just, uh, uh, yes, Eric, uh, uh, yeah, only in the mom and pop, only designed to take the mom and pop businesses out, which there's a lot of empty um, storefronts um, since, since the dust has started to settle down a little bit. Um, well, that's Amazon. Like, yes, um, you know, a lot of kickback about vaccines. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I work for a corporation and, um, they're letting people, uh, f- flow across the country like the River Nile now. So, um, the good majority of the country has got of those restrictions lifted. Uh, oh, well, that just says, yeah, that's, they put a sticker on their sign at her Kroger there. Our Kroger doesn't have that sticker on there, but um, I, I may yeah. get to the point that if they go on another, if they go in well into June, once it really gets hot, I doubt seriously. I, I may just, I may tape that card, the vaccination card to my head or my hat. Yeah, I'll put it on my chest. I'll have a T-shirt made up. <laughs> there it is for all its glory. Um, welcome, Quarter Zone. Uh, and yeah, Puka's you... a travel advisor and um, says, that, you know what? If I had to get, if I was going on a cruise and I want to go on one, but there you had to wear your mask through the whole cruise. What is the point? Um, yeah, I don't know that I would yeah. enjoy that. Uh, like no. Disney World, uh, yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that. I'm not going anywhere where. I'm supposed to have fun and I'm going to have that mask on that, uh, that, that, that doesn't add up to me. Mm. Just duck says, just get that, uh, that sticker, uh, that, that card tattooed on your arm or something. I think that's the sign of the base. Just <laughs> um, in revelations. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, kudos to that guy for, standing up and sticking it to California government. Not really, but, you know, standing up for what he believes in, in California. That's, uh, that's something. Okay. So Disney dropped it. He, he says, all right, well, yeah, but all right. I got another problem with Disney. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, so we won't get into that again. Don't get me started on that. Because no telling what people are going to be dressed like in Disney World now that they have gotten more liberal with their dress policy. So I'm, I'm going to wait and see. I, I know some people that are going. I'm going to wait and see what kind of reports I get back before um, I run back down that way again. Okay. What? Hmm. Hmm, what? Okay, I, I should stop reading here. All right. Huh. All right, all right. Is it, are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell. <laughs> I, I can't tell. <laughs> You're too far away. Cannot see uh, you. It's your turn, Donald Wayne. You know, Biden obviously has a different number in the uh the checkbook than than the rest of us are aware of because they're spending a lot of money 
or they're proposing to spend a lot of money. This new budget that he has proposed after all of the stuff that they've already has come down the pipeline. Um, there was an article in the Daily Mail that um, is talking is, is highlighting some of the things that Biden is wanting to spend the money on in this new budget. This is beyond. This is uh, separate from the transportation bill and and the COVID relief bills and all that. Um, so I'm just going to go over a few of the things that he's got in there that are kind of big ticket items uh, on the non-defense spending. There's $769 billion in there. And of course there's no definition of what those items are, but uh, just saying it's not related to uh, defense. Uh, six and a half million to launch the ARPAH, which is to boost advanced federal uh, re- research and development spending in health care issues. So I'm not quite sure where all that money is going to go, but it leads me to believe they're going to do a lot of it in just doing uh, doing studies to figure out where they should be spending the money. That's our government's the only people that really actually do that, or, or governments are the only people that actually do that on a regular basis, spend millions of dollars to uh, do a study to see if they should do something. <laughs> and right. um, let's see. Now, this, this is, I think we've talked about this before a little bit when we talk about Kamala, but uh, since that kind of goes under her heading, she's supposed to be uh, our liaison to Central America, more or less. But there, Biden has in his budget $861 million in assistance to Central American countries to address the root causes of immigration. Now, I know a lot of people, and, and you and I both, Dennis Lee, probably could tell Biden what the root causes are of the immigration issues we have right now without them spending $861 million. I imagine there's a lot of people in this country that could tell him what those causes are without them spending that kind of money. And guess where you think, where do you think that money's going to go if they give $861 million to Central American com- countries? Jeez. It's going to be spent on those people in power and enriching them and probably all kinds of, you know, Items, personal items, luxury items, vacations, trips, whatever. How much of you think that is going to trickle down to those poor people in those countries that actually need the assistance? How much of that money do you think is actually going to go in to creating a better environment for those people to stay in those countries? Why do they need to do it? We'll turn around and give them more money when they've used all that. Well, I've got problems with uh, with that stuff anyway. I think that all that money should come from charitable organizations because if we're going to give money to individuals who need help, to countries that need help, why don't we start with our own country for the amount of homeless children and starving children that we have here in the country and in, in, in the United States and to, to help um, – you know, our, our, our veterans that are out on the streets 
And some people could say, well, you know, they've made the choice to live out there um, in tents and in boxes and in the woods. But how many of these individuals have mental health issues that need a little bit of help? I have a big problem with money that we send overseas to any other place um, outside of the United States. I, I believe in goodwill, but um, that should be coming from charitable organizations as a lot of churches already do that. I, I, I think, like you said, that go, ends up getting money uh, gets put into the wrong hands. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a damn shame. It's a real well, shame. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it a number of times how much money is being spent, how much money was being spent uh, to house uh, a lot of the the uh, people coming across the border now. We're putting them up in hotels. And all the money that's going, it's going to take to set these people up in places to live and to help them get jobs and and food assistance and medical assistance and everything involved. It's not just that one number of $63 million that we looked at uh, a few weeks ago. And I mean, these, these people spend all this money. That's one thing that Donald Trump was, um, people should have been happy with him about. And that's the fact that he stopped giving all this money to foreign countries without strings attached to it, without them doing something that benefits the United States. Like, you know, Donald Trump was uh, in negotiations with Central American countries to, um, you know, we can, we can help you out if you'll do things to encourage people to stay here in your own country, or if you'll do things here to improve the conditions, the living conditions in this country. And, um, but now we're back to giving money to countries again, and we have no no real uh, gauge about where it goes to. And then, like you said, we have all these homeless people. We have all these issues that we can't solve here. But uh, and and we're adding we're adding more and more people to it. I saw uh, the, a news program the other night where they were showing people coming across the border in that one day, and I think it may have been Friday or Thursday night, I was watching 761 people had come across the border that day illegally. And that's the ones that they had caught in one day. What are all these people going to do for a living? Right. And, 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 uh, uh, says Catholic charities have spent more than the fed on refugee housing coming from Central America. And that's a problem. You know, which, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good thing to do, but I'm talking about taking care. The way, you know, why can't these organizations work on taking care of our own citizens first, is what I'm getting at. Um, Just, yeah, why uh, can't we send companies, maybe give incentive to companies that might have a business that could do something in the Central American countries? Uh, to encourage them to go down there and get some kind of business started that people that could actually put people to work in these countries, uh, something of that nature, rather than taking all this taxpayer money and giving it to countries. And uh, really, after everything's said and done, there's not much to show for it, if anything. 
Well, and and I I get what Pook is talking about the hotels, um, but we've talked about hotels before too, and I, I've got an issue with that because there doesn't seem to be a good amount of checks and balances as far as um, what comes in and goes out. You know what what really happens uh, in those areas. So I, I don't know. It's imperfect right now. Um, hopefully we can get better. Hopefully we can get better here real soon because uh, uh, the homeless population, especially since last year, just seems to be booming. Um, and it's, it's sad. I'm facilitating new start initiatives for American homeless. Well, good, good. Um, there, like organizations like yourself, people doing a lot of good work. Um, we just run across a couple of articles that they didn't have enough individuals working on the, where the areas that had the hotels. Um, so there, there seemed to be, um, not a good system of checks and balances as far as what could come in and what could go out, uh, from corporate support. Good. That's good to hear. We don't hear enough of that. Yeah. Well, Um, I have, I have a neighbor that works uh, with homeless veterans here in uh, in Georgia, and that's that's what her office does. They work with homeless veterans, trying to find them uh, employment and then housing um, that are down and out. You know, just some of them, she said, would be living in their cars if they had a car, and then sometimes they're just living on the street. So part of what she does is, is work with them and, and work with employers trying to find means for these people to become self-sufficient, which should be a goal, you know, all the time is to help not just, just to give these people things, but also give, help them get the means where they can start taking care of themselves. And Hey, Donald Wayne, um, you know, give the, uh... Give give old Pook the clap here. I mean, year to date, he's worked with an organization that's placed over three hundred families in transitional situations. That's uh, oh cool. That's, All that's right, a, that's a shining light there. Um, well, good the for you, clouds. Pook. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. We need more of that. Um, good. Yeah. They he also they also watchdog these hotels from abusing the dollars. Good. Um, well, I, I know we need, we need more stories like that. I well, th- that's what we were getting at. That's what the article was saying that um, they're taking advantage of that. So, yeah, what was it? Uh, I can't remember what the event was uh, a few years ago. The hotels were um, uh, jacking the rates up. I don't know. Uh, in some cases, much as three times a normal uh, rate, and I can't remember what the what was going on, but it was just, you know, I was fortunate enough that I'd already had a reservation. uh, Dorian, it was a hurricane. Was that what it was? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But which they're supposed to be watching that just like they're supposed to be watching the, uh, the rise. I mean, don't get me started on lumber. (laughs) Just, I don't know how lumbers. I don't know how in a world people can continue building um, with the price of lumber right now. I mean, there's so many projects. I just, I just advise people if you can just wait it out for another four or five months and let's see what happens with the price of lumber. 
surely it should start coming down. But, uh, you know, some of the lumber prices have gone up more than 100%. And uh, yeah, that's, that's robbery. That's taking oh, yes, advantage yes. of a situation. Um, hey, Gig, welcome. Um, yeah, Let's, Eric. Um, er- Eric is talking about the uh, politicians being in bed um, with these countries, and, and, and we can all agree on that. Well, That's if they right. didn't spend a lifetime in in their job in Congress, uh, you know, if we had term limits, that might not be as much of an issue. I'm sure they'd still find a way. To, to do a lot of shady things, but you know, this, this thing oh, of people yeah, they, being in there 30 and 40 years, uh, if it doesn't stop, then it's always going to be the same. Always. Yeah. I got a few more items here on the list real quick. Oh, Eric wants to call in for a second. Whoop. I missed you, Eric. Try it again. I got to be fast. Um, I got a few more items on the budget thing here. Yeah. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Um, I will say this about term limits, but we, we know that uh, as the way Congress is right now with Republicans and Democrats, we know that they would not agree to vote themselves out of a job. But, it, but Senator Ted Cruz out of Texas even made the proposal that there be a grandfather provision for in, incumbents, you know, to, to agree to it. But but the only way that they would lose their grandfather protection is if they resign or if they lose a re-election bid or if they got expelled but there would also need to be a stipulation that there would have to be like a five or ten year moratorium or ban to where they couldn't form non-profits or or go to work for like wall street lobbyists right uh hey hey miss uh miss torch welcome pook has uh taken uh issue with um, <laughs> cruz. senator cruz yeah and if, <laughs> i mean if pook would like to call in just remember, it's an explicit show. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, I guess it sounds like Pook is in Texas, maybe in the Austin area. Um, so you're always welcome. Well, oh, you are, you Pook, you are in Austin. You know, Dennis Lee and I both are from. Uh, oh, he's from in Texas. Houston. I apologize. Laura isn't far from Houston. <laughs> no. Who's that? Laura huh? li- lives not far from Houston. Yeah, you know, Laura, uh, who's famous for what kind of show is this? Yeah, yeah, she's. Oh uh, yeah, well, she's, she's doing her the, show right now. Down in the Lufkin area, I think. Well, that that's not far from Houston. Um, but um, ho- hopefully, when her show's done, she might drop by to see you, gentlemen. There you go. Yeah, we we keep waiting for her and her sister to come on and do that that little oh uh, yes little saying together <laughs> so um, right. hopefully that karaoke show will happen <laughs> but i'm about to there drop back go. into the chat it was great talking to y'all hope All everybody right. had a blessed memorial day weekend this year <laughs> we thank did you, eric. eric thank you, you. hope you do as well um all right so let's see I stopped at Central America. I knew that was going to be a long little chat on that one. Defense increased uh, the defense budget $756 billion in 2022. That's really less than a 2% increase. Uh, with It says, with emphasis on competing with China by ditching older weapons and investing in new technology. As long as we don't buy the parts and the guts from China, that will probably be okay. Right. Um, <laughs> 
They want $36 billion for a series of climate investments, climate change investments. Well, you know how well that money will be spent. Uh, <laughs> $2.1 billion for gun violence, which is an odd way to put that because I don't know if they mean they're, if they're going to uh, support gun violence or if they're going to try to come up with legislation to control gun violence, but it just says 2.1 billion for gun violence. All right. Um, three, 36.5 billion into title one schools, which is a $20 billion increase over what they currently have. Do you know what a title one school is? Dennis Lee? Uh, uh, no, I'm not, uh, go ahead, Donald Wayne. Let us know what a title one. <laughs> I, I didn't. Is. I didn't really know what it was either. I was just trying to uh, just see if you were ahead of me on that. Uh, title one schools are schools in which children from low income families make up at least forty percent of the enrollment in that school. So, if wow. you do have at least forty percent of low income families in a particular school, then they're eligible to get uh, Title One funds from the federal government. Now, there's there's kind of strings on how they're supposed to use that money. And then the money is also based on the percentage of uh, low-income families in the school. So if you have a higher percentage, you'll get uh, more money. So that's, uh, you know, a $20, $20 billion increase in that money they're going to spend on Title I schools. Um, and then, let's see, $110 million for transportation equity. Now we already have a transportation bill, but uh, this is $110 million for transportation equity. You know what that is, Dennis Lee? Uh, no, it sounds uh, convoluted, <laughs> but what, it, what is that, Donald Wayne? <laughs> I didn't know what it was either, so I had to look it up. Um, and actually, well, okay. Uh, transportation equity is defined as accessible and affordable transportation for everyone in the community, resulting in fair distribution of transportation resources, benefits, costs, programs, and services based upon differences in income, ability, and other factors affecting transportation choice. So that's that's kind of a long description of that, but that's what transportation equity is. Sounds to me like, and I'm just I'm kind of interpreting some of that as maybe they're going to be offering uh, a lower cost access to transportation for people of you know, lower income. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't you know I don't know if that means they're going to build more uh, rail lines or whatever you know. Mm. But uh, they're going to spend $110 million on that. And actually, I, when I looked that up, there's a number of items that are included in that. I found an article that was about four pages long. I'm going to read that, and I'm going to use that as, as a basis for tomorrow night's uh, mini pod. Oh, let's see. Tomorrow's okay. Monday. Nope. I, I guess it'll have to be. Friday night, because tomorrow is going to be something else. All right. But anyway, I'm going to do a mini pot on that because it's there's a lot of stuff in there. And once I started looking, at it, I'm like, do what? We're going to spend this on what? So, um, yeah, when you said fair distribution, that uh, sounds like a Biden. Yeah. Um, who's who's going to decide what's fair? I mean, hmm. talk to three people and see what opinions you get. Um Two hundred twenty-five billion to subsidize child care in this country. So, 
Um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And of course, the more kids you have, the more of that money that you'll get. So, um, mm. and that's pretty much, that's pretty much all of the big ticket items uh, as far as what I could find in this article. Uh, all of that money is going to put us in a uh, deficit in a deficit next year by the end of 2022 by $1.8 trillion. But it, then it says also that the public debt is going to hit $24 trillion because of these programs. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're talking about, um, is that is that part of that six trillion dollars that they were talking about too? Right. Yeah. All all that stuff yeah. combined. Yeah. Yeah. That's just great. I mean, it's only money, Donald Wayne. We could print more. I mean, I don't see what the big problem is. But um, you know, it it seems geez. like more and more. I mean, of course, they need taxpayers, right? So you'd think that they'd want to encourage as as many people to work in this country as they can instead of actually making it easier for people in this country not to have a job. Um, well, yeah. But, you know, unless they think they're going to get it all from the very rich. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Who are going to uh, take all their money offshore and hide it from us anyway. So that's a lot of money. Golly. All right. That's pretty much it on the. Uh, pretty much you want to do it. Yeah, that's Biden's uh, Biden's little spending program number three. That's well, all he's done uh, in five months. Span, span, span. Well, why would he do anything else, Donald Boy? He's got to make people happy. Well, let's see if we can uh, just check something out here, Donald Boy. Yes, and they said deuce. That's a deuce. You know what a deuce is, Donald Wayne? Uh, yes, it's an uh, uh, automobile. Yeah, well, we always giggled and thought they were saying something else, but it turns out they're not. Um, well, we still kept saying that word anyway, uh, even yeah, after I we found do. out what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I still do. Um, it was funnier. You know, uh, it was. It was. Um 20 bad habits that can turn you blind, the experts <laughs> say. And I don't I don't know if one of those that What's you on number one? <laughs> gonna be included or not. Um, <laughs> well, <What>? actually, <laughs> number one is um, you know, since you said something, Donald Wayne, is getting too much sun. Um, sun overexposure is an ever present danger to your eye health, says Dr. Uh Trevor Elmquist, a board-certified ophthalmologist and founder of Elmquist Eye Group in Florida. We all know about the importance of sunscreen, but many don't consider the harmful effects of UV rays on your eyes. So make sure to wear wide-brimmed hats, UV-blocking contact lenses, and close-fitting UV-blocking sunglasses to protect those eyes and prevent long-term damage. Nobody wants to get the glaucoma. I mean, unless you've been looking forward to it. And cataract um, too. Oh yeah, I don't, you know. <laughs> um, so 
Um, number two on the list is if you're you're not eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, so diet plans play a surprising role. Um, redefine, uh, refined and processed foods have inflammatory effects in the body, including the eyes. And chronic inflammation can be damaging to the eyes and cause poor vision. So, you know, get your diet together for goodness sakes. But it's Memorial Day, so I'm sure that's going to be out the window. Um, thank you so much, Pook. We enjoy having you. First time listener. Thank you so much. Hey, yeah, thanks Appreciate for joining you. us, yeah, Pook. Yeah, like Pook did, hit that follow button and you can get updates on future shows and, uh, you know, see what these... Uh, these crazy guys are going to get into next. So, and we'd welcome um, a conversation about Ted Cruz sometime too, if you want to. Talk anytime about you're ready, Pook, um, and we don't <laughs> hold it against you at all. No, that you live in Houston, um, since we hailed from Dallas. So, uh, yeah, we know the rivalry, um, but uh, we have love for all our Texas brethren. Um, and carrots are good for the eyes, so. Um, Dr. Elmquist yeah. says. Um, so let's see. Uh, another one. Another one. Have you ever heard of the 2020 20 rule? <laughs> it's not what you think. 2020 um, 20. I didn't. Three twenties? Mm, yeah, three twenties. <laughs> that makes 60 bucks. I don't care where you go. Um, so every, what that is, is every 20 minutes, look away from the screen. That'll be your phone or laptop, whatever. Uh, look away from the screen and focus about 20 feet in front of you for 20 seconds. Um, you know, and don't forget to blink. Blinking regularly is also critical for cleansing and lubricating the surface of the eye. Um, mm. You know, such studies show that we tend to blink less when using a digital device. And the smaller the screen, the less you blink. So, you know, quit putting a strain on those um, old eyeballs there um let's see <laughs> uh you know one that people may not think of is uh using expired makeup i didn't know makeup had an expiration um because mm. makeup can come in contact with your eyes so applying expired makeup products means giving an easy passage to bacteria and other infections um says Dr. Christian Joy, who's an optometrist as well. I didn't know. Um, so um, anyone who's using eye makeup as a rule, you should replace your eye makeup every three months to reduce risk of infection. Also make a practice to remove makeup every night and never share your makeup. That's a safety message from TriStock. Um, let's see. We're not going to go through all 20 uh stressing out yeah of course i mean um you know but if it was 100 percent, then we all would have went blind last year um unmanaged chronic <laughs> mental stress takes a physical toll on the body and can be problematic it's... for the ocular system <laughs> you have something to say about that Wayne? i i did but i decided better not <laughs> uh, um according to research chronic stress that cause surges of the stress hormone cortisol can negatively impact the nervous system. When the nervous system isn't functioning properly, it can affect your brain 
and eyes, resulting in problems with vision. So don't hmm. stress out. Hmm. Um, try to keep things in check. You know, you need to you need to mellow yourself out a little bit. You know, we're not promoting anything. We're just saying. If I get any more mellow, out. I'll go to sleep. Yeah, don't do that. Um, let's see. Smoking, obviously, yeah, smoking is not good for your eyes. For your eyes, um, it bothers your eyes. Yeah, well, yeah, raise your blood pressure and oh, well, um, that's true. Yeah, it's, all that stuff is not good. Um, get your annual eye exam. Make sure you do that. Um, and let's see. Um, you may have a uh, untreated myopia. You know what a myopia uh, myopia <laughs> is, Donald Wayne? I guess it's only fair uh, that you ask me questions, right? Yes, it is uh, only fair. You know, I've heard of the term, Dennis Lee, but I, I can't honestly uh, say that I can define. Uh, anybody in the chat know what myopia is? And I will give you half a second because you can Google it. And no, it is nearsightedness. Oh, Jess no, Jess got, got it. it. All right. Yeah, she didn't Google it. She knew it. Oh, very good. She gets the clap for yeah, that. <laughs> That's the gift that keeps on giving. If uh, if uh, nearsightedness goes untreated, it can cause irreversible vision impairment and blindness. So you know, um, you know, don't don't uh, if you do a lot of work where you got to read, write, and uh, you know, be on the in front of the computer, uh, and you know, and spend limited time outdoors, you might want to change things up a little bit. Um, Oh, DuckDuckGo or Google or Yahoo. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> over, Google, over, over Google or Yahoo. Okay. I got you. Um, if you have poor hygiene, that could be a problem. Um, hmm. You know, because you're giving yourself infections because we all know that people are constantly fingering their eyes. So, I mean, rubbing their eyes. I usually eyes, say so. rub their eyes. That's the better <laughs> term. Um, okay. Well, uh, and then one last one. Um, you're using your contact lenses wrong. Um, uh, not disposing of contacts within the recommended time frame and sleeping in contacts lenses increases the risk of bacterial infection and inflammation in the eyes. <laughs> and I'm not trying to call anybody out and I'm going to get in trouble for this, but yes, you, you don't, you can't wear them for a year at a time. Wearing contacts too long during the day can decrease the amount of oxygen to the eye. Did you know your eye needed oxygen? I mean, I'm sure you did. Wait, but, um, yeah. You know, I didn't know that a contact lens in too long would block oxygen from coming to the eye. So, well, don't they make those that are supposedly you're able to reasonable? sleep with them? Uh, I, I, uh, would well, never, I, guess I couldn't use contacts. Some. I couldn't use them. Uh, no, I couldn't stick anything in my eye like that. Just my finger coming into my eye makes me want to freak out. Um, <laughs> your finger coming into your eye. <laughs> yeah. If you, like yeah, it's uncontrollable. You can't. Uncontrollable. You can't stop. stop, finger. Stop. <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Well, you know, our um, family has this affliction with if there's a speck of dust within 3,000 miles of our eyeball, it's going to land in our eyeball. Right. It's like our eyeball is a black hole and it sucks in everything. <laughs> every, every and no little, light escapes it, but all the particles go right into it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you don't, 
If you if you continue to use your contact lens wrong, you can put yourself at risk for a dangerous sight threatening infection called an ankin ankinthemobia. Ankinthemoba, a type of amoeba that lives in the water, which can get trapped under contact lenses. Can you imagine? How does it get from the water to your lens? Well, I mean, I guess that you... Because you rinse them in a solution. You don't rinse them in water. Uh, Some people just rinse them in tap water. Oh, really? We've got all kinds of stuff flowing through that. I I don't even like to drink tap water. No, I don't. I won't drink just tap water. Um, When I was a kid and things were different. um, Oh, yeah. I'd drink out of a rubber hose that's been laying in the yard for two years. (laughs) Right. I mean... Taste that lid coming through, Johnny. (laughs) Um, So yes, uh, we'll post the. I'll post the rest of these on Facebook. But that's uh, yeah, twenty bad habits that can turn you blind. Um, Well, you didn't hit anything that would affect me, so I'm 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 still in the good so far. Well, maybe the computer screen. Yeah, the computer screen, and actually, there's one about rubbing your eyes. So well. I try. I've gotten better and about not that. not getting enough sleep. So, <laughs> Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, actually rubbing your eyes too often can cause uh, microvascular damage. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, that sounds serious. <laughs> I don't know. Well, when I uh, go. To small blood vessels under the skin. So, When I um, have my eyes tested just about every year, um I go the whole works. I let them do that new computer generated thing. Yeah. Have you done that? Takes pictures of your eyeball. I mean, it's kind of freaky. It's scary. And the first time I saw yeah. the picture of my eyeball, I said, Oh, is, is, do I need to be concerned? Cause I could tell all that stuff. I'm saying, Oh no, these blood vessels look good. You look like you're you know, doing all right. Then why can't I see without my glasses? <laughs> But, uh, well, they say that uh, rubbing your eyes a lot can also um, leads to dark circles and puffiness. So people, some people that have puffy, real puffy eyes, and those yeah. dark circles can be because they're rubbing their eyes all the time, uh, causing premature aging to the skin around the eyes, hmm. and, and cause you to have droopy eyelids. Nobody wants to have droopy eyelids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, uh, have it's you ever gotten any, have, have you ever gotten any metal shards in your eyeball? Oh yeah. That's horrible. That's, yeah. that's oh, cringe just right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> it's yeah. It's uh, painful. painful. Yeah. Metal shavings. It's not good. Donald Wayne. No, it's not. Uh, nope. But yeah. Take a gander on our Facebook page. If you'd like to see the rest of that list, uh, Take care of those eyes. You're going to need them. Droopy eyelids can be hereditary. My aunt, oh my goodness, had surgery on her eyelids, Jess? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they do that. It's a, it's a real thing. I mean, you can get you can get a, you can get a lid you can get a lid lift, Donald Wayne. Lid, lid lift. Um yeah. I mean, does that not leave a scar or something there, Jess? I mean, I don't no, know. These days, they yeah. These days, there's not much of a scar. Um, yeah, Gee. they they tighten it up and uh, and then the scar goes away pretty quick, especially if they use a bunch of Aquaphor or something like that. Who? Uh, Aquaphor. 
You can get it. You can put it on your lips, but you can also put it on scars. It's because my significant other works in that field. I know things like that. <laughs> mm. so there's stuff you can rub on your scars. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's not just vitamin E. So. Well, yeah, I've actually seen some products uh, advertised, and you never know whether those things online are bogus or not. But talking about you know remove remove scar tissue and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of those things actually are, unfortunately. Um, you know, they'll do some minimal, you'll see some minimal um, changes, but nothing like if you go to a professional uh, that's licensed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yes, exactly, Eric. Uh, not getting enough sleep and, uh, you know, droopy eyelids and dark circles all day. Welcome back, Chucky. Well, I'm just all, um, got on that, Donald. Boy. I'm I'm in trouble with the sleep department, but um, then again, you know, I'm not too concerned about it at my age. Uh, it's the least of my problems. Okay. <laughs> so. We don't get to talk about Chucky very much. I wish we didn't have to talk about him at all, but um, not you, not you in the chat, Chucky. We're talking. He's talking oh, I'm Chuck sorry, Schumer. Chucky. I, I, yeah, he he said I mean, welcome, singling Chucky. Out, <laughs> singling out a new listener, Donald this, Wayne. My goodness. Uh, well, no, I've seen Chucky's sorry, Chucky. name show up before, but no, not you, Chucky. Oh, okay. I'm talking about this this. Uh, this person in uh, Washington, D.C., Chuck Schumer, and that's a C-H-U-K-Y. Um, this is an article in Epic Times, and it looks like, you know, they've been teetering on this H.R. 1 bill. We've talked about it, the, the voting rights bill that the, uh, the House passed very rapidly back I think it was in January. It may have been the first part of February. But, you know, we've been dreading it going. It's in the Senate, been in the Senate for a number of weeks now. And we've been dreading uh, those of us who are concerned about that bill passing. And uh, it looks like now Chuck Schumer has decided that uh, the Senate's going to have to vote on that measure, which is now called SR1 since it's in the Senate. And it's known as For the People Act. Um, and it's going to be voted on the last full week in June, according to Chucky Schumer. And, uh, this is a memorandum he sent to his Democrat colleagues. So, uh, Schumer called the bill, which mirrors a version of the house of representatives, the one they passed and it says in March, but I swear it went through sooner than that. Anyway, the legislation that is essential to defending our democracy, Chuck Schumer says, reducing the influence of dark money and powerful special interest and stopping the wave of Republican voter suppression happening in states across the country. This is all being uh, expressed in that memo from Chucky. Uh, the act would federalize components of the, uh, the election system in this country, eliminating nearly all requirements such as photo identification it would also require states to implement a system of automatic voter registration and to allow same-day registration on any day voting is allowed. 
I don't, you know, I'm going to stop there on that one just for a second. And I've said this before as well. I'm just a little leery of somebody being able to go down and register the same day that you're supposed to vote and then go vote for somebody. Unless there's some kind of reason that he just woke up out of a coma or something or or there's been some, you know, uh, reasonable reason he has not registered before then. Because right now, I think in Georgia, it's uh, 15 days, I want to say. Or 30 days, you know, Dennis Lee, Eric? Maybe. Um, uh, maybe, yeah. I, I know it's more than two weeks because I remember when they were talking about the runoff that anybody wanted to yeah. vote for the Senate runoff in January had to be registered by somewhere around the middle or, or the first part of December. So, but so this is saying now they want to make this across the country that people have to. They have the right to register the same day of the election. Now, this is the only good thing about it is it'll only pertain to federal elections. So it won't affect anything that the states can do with their own state elections. But still, um, getting rid of the photo identification, which is something that a lot of the states are trying to nail down and make it a permanent part of, of the voting registration uh, uh, systems in their states. And, and this is something that the Democrats do not want to happen. Uh, so it says the critics of this SR1 have, prom have promised to bring a flood of lawsuits if it's passed by the Senate and signed into law to President Joe Biden. I think I heard uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida a few weeks ago saying that he was going to be one of the uh, states that would, uh, he has people that would bring suit against the federal government if they pass this. I believe Texas has stood in line and said that they're not going to, to uh, you know, they'll follow suit. Uh, they'll file suit. Uh, right. Let's see. Uh, who is this? Senator James Lankford, a Republican from Oklahoma, says, in my state in Oklahoma, we have a great voting engagement. We want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. SR1 takes away states' ability to hold people accountable for cheating. Uh, Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith, rep, uh, Republican from Mississippi, has described the bill as a massive federal takeover of elections. Uh, Democrats largely support this legislation. The freedom to vote is fundamental to all our freedoms. It is how Americans control their government. Yeah, well, that hasn't worked out very well. And hold their elected officials accountable. That hasn't worked out well either. And that was said by uh, Amy Klobuchar, a uh, Democrat from Minnesota. Uh, the For the People's Act is about setting basic national standards to make sure all Americans can vote safely in the way that works best for them regardless of what state or zip code they live in. The For the People Act is about reducing the power of big money in our elections by ending secret spending by billionaires and special interests. And For the People Act is about making anti-corruption reforms to ensure all politicians work for the people, not for themselves. This is what Schumer's telling reporters on Capitol Hill. Uh, it was made clear how important SR1 is to the country, to our Democrat majority, and to the individual senators. And those discussions are ongoing. I have a lot of faith in them. 
The Senate is currently divided in half with 50 Republicans and 50 Democrats or nominal independents who regularly vote with Democrats. Passing a bill requires 60 votes if they don't do away with a filibuster, which is still a concern uh, regarding this piece of legislation. Uh, Schumer also plans to bring other pieces of legislation up for vote when the Senate reconvenes on June the 7th, including the Paycheck Fairness Act, which would direct the Department of Labor to study pay disparities between men and women and make information on the disparities available to the public. Schumer also held open the possibility that the upper chamber will consider gun control legislation as well. He said also that he may force another vote on the bill that would establish a commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol incident, which I just read this weekend that the Republicans uh, killed that idea. And I'm not really sure why, Dennis Lee. I don't know. Um, I don't know why the Republicans are against that uh, investigating, you know, having a commission to investigate that. Cause you would think it depends on who's made up of the commission, but uh, you would think that maybe it might uncover some things that we would like for them to uncover as well. well yeah, I, don't I don't know. think so. I mean, look, in an investigation, if you're going to call one side out, we've got to investigate everything. You know, if we're going to, we're going to do it. Let's do it. Just like we were talking, just Doug brought up earlier about, you know, if we're going to investigate, even investigate the states that, uh, you know, that Trump won. I mean, if we're going to do things, let's do it across the board. Let's get it all checked out. Right. You know, um, I mean, so we all know that there's issues in our, within our government that need to be corrected on both sides of the aisle. So well, I would hope that that commission would also, uh, you know, look at every aspect of that day uh, and uncover some other things as well as as far as the FBI and what they knew or what they what people they knew on a list that were in Washington, D.C. at that time and why there wasn't more preparation uh, around the Capitol building that day, knowing the extent uh, of the the seriousness of what they were doing that day, as well as how many people were going to be in town, regardless of what uh, you know, mindset you think these people are going to be in, you think that there would have been extra security that day. So, right. That's all I have on that. So that looks like that'll happen next month. So we'll know whether or not we need to be concerned about, uh, federal elections in the future based on what happens towards the end of June. Um, so Lydia 24 brings up a good point. So how long do you think that the presidential votes each term have been done wrong? Well, (laughs) if these voting machines are any, um, testament to, or, you know, any, any, if they really have a problem, uh, if they, if these voting machines have really been an issue, and then go back all the way to '95. Um, then it's been it's been a good while now, <laughs> but you know that's well, where we've got to get those things investigated across the board. Um, and it will you, take probably years for that to be in, come out. So, if you ever, if if you watch Fox News and one, I mean, I know sometimes it's a little hard to do, uh, 
gets repetitive, but they, from time to time, they'll do, they'll play a montage of, of or sound bites of uh, Democrats last year, early in the year, like March, April, that were expressing concerns about the voting machines that, that were used in, in last year's election. They were worried at that time that they would be used to give Donald Trump an advantage in the vote. Isn't that amazing? And, and there's a number of them that are on record. There's a number of them that they have actual sound bites or, or interviews where these Democrats said, we're concerned about this. We're afraid that Donald Trump's people will end up you know, using this to their advantage and steal the election. And then what happened? <laughs> so yeah. now they're not concerned about the machines. And, and I, I'll admit, you know, Republicans probably wouldn't be uh, complaining about them if Donald Trump hadn't lost. But uh, and, and, and my take on her question is, is we listen uh, to historical uh, information about elections for a number of years. And, and, yeah, there's probably been problems going way back, especially in certain areas. But um, right, right, exactly. And um, who knows what direction they push the elections? Uh, we'll probably never know. There, nobody's ever going to look that far back and say, "Well, no, Jimmy Carter really you, didn't then, win that election." Or, or exactly, and you know, then you undo, you unravel everything. Um, which look, you know, there's things that need to be cleaned up here a lot, actually, and things that need to be adjusted to the time that we live in, uh, or times that we are living in. And, and, and let me make it perfectly clear. Who used to say that? I want to be perfectly clear. Uh, was that was that uh, tricky, Dick? Anyway, it's not. I think it was. Yeah. It's not about finding out, you know, that Donald Trump actually won the election and we want to put him in office. I had that question posed to uh, me last Thursday when we were talking about a similar subject that ended up talk, end up leading into the election and recounts and so forth. And, and uh, somebody asked me, well, what if after all these audits are done they're fine, they find enough evidence to show that Donald Trump really won the election. Should he be put back in, in the office? And I said, in my opinion, it would never work one because everything's already set up and I don't think you could do that. I don't think the country would survive that. The whole no. purpose in, in my mind of getting all of this done is to find out if it was done wrong or if there was things that should have been done differently or if there was corruption and fix it. It's not going to bring Donald right. Trump back. It's not even to brag and say, yeah, he really won it and y'all stole it. That, that doesn't even matter to me at this point. I just want to make sure yeah. whatever they did can't be done again. And we need to care about that. And if, yeah. you know, if everything, if the, all the discovery is that, the, that it was done, you know, with a few mistakes here and there that look bad, but all in all, it was on the up and up, then we just have to accept that. Right. But it'd be good. It'd be good to know. I think. But good, good, uh, good question, Lindia twenty four, and thank you for for joining in on the show. Um, yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. I mean, you know, well, since we're since we're already on the on the Biden train, there, uh, let's see <laughs> if we can get this out here. You may be on that train. I don't know. I'm on. The- <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I think that's what Biden was playing in the background when uh, this article came out. <laughs> was that uh, Hunter Biden uh, singing? <laughs> no, that actually that was the la 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 guy. Um, this has out of Russia, so um, I bet uh, you know he's digging that. Um, so there's an article that came out about Biden receiving funds from Russian lobbyists before conceding on a major pipeline. Can you hmm. imagine something like that, Donald Wayne? It's oh, scandalous. No, not not the Biden family. <laughs> right. Um, says President Joe Biden received a sizable campaign contribution from a Russian lobbyist just months before declining to enforce sanctions on a Russian firm building the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, according to a report. So a spokesperson for the Democratic National Committee told uh, New York Post he was not flagged during our vetting process. Well, of course he wasn't. How convenient. Um, But um, so... um, Richard Burt, uh, who's a former Republican and U.S. ambassador to Germany in the 1980s, made a pair of donations to assist Biden's presidential election, a $4,000 contribution to Biden's victory fund just ahead of the 2020 presidential election, and a $10,000 donation to the uh, to Unite the Country, a liberal political action committee in March 2020. When Richard Burt donated to the Biden Victory Fund, he failed to acknowledge that he was a registered foreign agent and was therefore ineligible to contribute, a spokesman said, because Burt also listed a different employer than on his Foreign Agents Registration Act. Um, He was not flagged during the vetting process. Well, there's a lot of people that aren't flagged during the vetting process, aren't they? How convenient. Um, Yeah. Biden violated his own campaign's pledge not to accept lobbyist cash when he took the payment. And Burt actively lobbies for five European energy companies, ENGIE, OMV, Shell, Uniper, and Wintershaw DEA um, that are partnering together to construct the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And the DNC confirmed they ultimately returned the funds. Well, that's great. They confirmed that they returned the funds. Um, but, I mean, I don't really have faith in their confirmation process. Um, Anna Massagolia, or Mass Massaglia, an investigative researcher at the Center for Responsive Politics, <laughs> said that the donation was not particularly illegal, but was business as usual for Washington. Reading between the lines, you can clearly see what that lobbying looks like, said Masaglia. Uh, While it's not evidence of anything (laughs) illegal, it's just something that is evidence of how influence works in Washington and Wallington, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about the money, is it not? Um, And then the last little little, uh, clip there, today's actions demonstrate... Uh, let's see, state defense. Uh, um, to go ahead and uh, oh, oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you can read the rest of the article on Facebook. It just goes to show you that 
uh, a bunch of devil speak there, you know. It's 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 a mess, Donald Wayne. Well, you know, I was I was a little aggravated that, uh, and we talked about it. Joe Biden supporting that Russian pipeline issue when uh, first thing he did was shut us down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The with the meanwhile was the possibility of about fourteen thousand good paying jobs, but you know, I'm sure they're much happier trying to find a job. Um, building solar panels and, you know, um, wind turbines and all that kind of crap. So, <laughs> what a deal. They make us so proud. Don't they, though? And on to you, Donald Wayne. I, I, I just, words can't express what comes to mind uh, when I think about uh, them? A, a lot of ways to express it, do we not? I have to call hey, into your welcome. show to do that. <laughs> welcome, Isaac, and welcome, Lisa. Welcome, hey, welcome. Isaac, Lisa. Um, I'm looking at the old clock here, and uh, I tell you, I had uh, just a, a quick article about five war films that it. it it recommended that people watch if, if you'd like to watch war movies, but they oh, were yeah. kind of tied to the Memorial uh, weekend. It, it suggested that you oh. watch them over the Memorial weekend. Yeah. And I'm, I was going to give a little description of some of them, but I'm just going to mention the names real quick. Uh, I may do this in, in conjunction with some other stuff that I'll, I'm going to do tomorrow for the uh, uh, Memorial uh, Day mini pod. Okay. Uh, so we'll have a little time left here to do the other business that we had to do. And I kind of oh, wanted business. to hear about that pig. Can you get that in there if I uh, go real quick? Oh, I think we can oink that in, Donald Wayne. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Number one on the list is uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. And I don't remember hearing about that one, but it was uh, World War about World War One, And it came out in oh, 2018. Wow. And it was uh, actually... Uh, by filmmaker Peter Jackson, which uh, did some, oh, wow. uh, uh, I think he did Spider-Man and, and some other movies that I should remember off the top of my head, but I can't. Uh, the next one is Fury, which is a 2014 uh, issue, and it's about World War II. Um, oh, that was a good movie, yeah. Did you see Fury? Okay. I did, not, yeah. not the one about the horse, but... Uh, right. Different different movie uh jarhead 2005 that was about the gulf yeah. wars uh um, yeah, that was a weird movie was it weird um yeah. said it was based on the book jarhead so that was from a book that was written lone survivor 2013 it was about the war in afghanistan oh, did you that see that movie. i think I, I saw that one um uh, and the last last of the five is 13 hours and I almost think oh, I've that seen that one. Old, yeah, that will definitely piss you off right there. Yeah. Thanks 2016. Lot, yeah. yeah, 2016 yeah. it came out, and it's about Benghazi. Uh, yeah, thank you, Hillary, for that. But those are the five movies they recommend for people who like to watch war movies just to kind of commemorate uh, tomorrow's celebration. So All right. went All through right, that well, quickly. Good. So now give you enough time for your pig. Um, yeah, yeah, let me, uh, let me get, uh, 
a quick little help uh, here setting that up. Uh, I'll also and... post that on Facebook too. So anybody want to get that list? Don Wayne, did you know that we actually almost went to war with Canada over a pig? I wish we had been talking about that when uh, the caller called in earlier. We we could have discussed <laughs> that with him. I know. I almost wanted to flip that on him, but uh, <laughs> he sounded like he was enjoying himself. So, I, Yeah, I um, think he was celebrating. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's a story that uh, – there was a borders dispute between the United States and Canada over three small islands in the Puget Sound in between Washington State and Vancouver. Um, and, it, and they named it that because, uh, you know, it was, it was triggered by the shooting of a pig, by w- shooting one pig. Um, shot a pig. Yeah, somebody shot a pig. So... Um, so there's a big controversy too in that area. So the the Oregon Treaty, um, had resolved the Pacific Northwest longstanding border dispute between the U.S. and the U.K. Best remembered for the American slogan, 50, 40, or fight, in reference to the latitude of the northern border our side wanted, and we settled, uh, we settled for 49, Uh, But the treaty was vague in one area. The 49th parallel serves as the U.S.-Canadian border from Minnesota to Manitoba all the way west. But once it hits Puget Sound, it dips south so as not to split up Vancouver Island, which is entirely Canadian. So um, as for the small islands between Vancouver and the mainland, the treaty stipulates that the border go thence southerly through the middle of said channel to the Pacific Ocean. Only one problem. There are two middle channels, Harrow Strait and Rosario Strait, which run on either side of the San Juan Islands, which is Lopez, Orcas, and San Juan. So remember that, San Juan Islands. <laughs> um, so so the, the pig war, as it was called, um, was nearly in front of the looming Civil War. Union General George McClellan later claimed that his friend and West Point classmate turned Confederate General George Pickett of Pickett's Charge had stoked tensions around the San Juan Islands to incite war with Britain in order to unite North and South against a common enemy. Um As usual, the Confederates were given too much credit by history as another Union officer, Colonel Granville Holler, (laughs) suggested the likelier theory that Pickett wanted war so the South could declare independence while America's armies was tied up fighting British in Canada. Um, 
So this whole pig war, the, the whole thing started when Lyman Cutler, an American farmer living on San Juan Island, which he believed to be U.S. territory, found a pig in his garden eating his potatoes. Who wouldn't get pissed off? Oh, yeah. That, um, would, that would make you mad. Yeah. I mean, you know, getting after your roots. Uh, the offending <laughs> pig belonged to an Irish sheep rancher, Charles Griffin. After several warnings and the pig pilfering potatoes on several occasions, Cutler lost his temperature, his temperature and his temper, and <laughs> shot the animal. Shot him dead. Um, so the neighbors smelt the bacon, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. He offered ten dollars in uh, to recompensate Griffin, but Griffin demanded ten times that amount. When Cutler refused, saying the whole thing was Griffin's fault for letting this pig just roam around free and do what he wanted to, Griffin called the local British authorities and threatened to have Cutler arrested. Cutler rallied his American neighbors, said America, on the island and called for U.S. military protection. I mean, really? It's over 10 bucks and a pig. <laughs> um, the neighborly dispute quickly escalated to the brink of war. The U.S. dispatched Pickett, then a captain, and the 9th Infantry to San Juan, hoping to stop the British from landing. The Brits sent three warships, and Pickett boasted, we'll make a bunker hill of it, building a fortification on high ground at the south end of the island. Each side sent reinforcements. By August 10, 1859, two months after the pig incident, Pickett had 461 men and 14 cannons, facing down five British warships with 70 guns and 2,140 men on board between them. The governor of Vancouver Island ordered Rear Admiral Robert Baines to land on San Juan and engage the Americans. Baines refused, not wanting to involve two great nations in a war over a squabble about a pig. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Instead, both sides hurled insults, and we can only imagine what they said. But no shots were fired as either side or neither side wanted to make the first move. President James Buchanan sent General Winfield Scott to parlay with the governor, and both sides settled on a peaceful joint military occupation with the Americans retaining their position on the south end of the island and the British setting up camp on the north. This went on until 1871 when the two sides called in German Emperor Wilhelm I to arbitrate. He found in favor of the U.S. The British withdrew, but the Union Jack is still flown over their camp in commemoration. One of the only non-embassies where the U.S. government raises a foreign flag. So yeah, hmm. the Griffin, the pig's owner... Uh, was sent to work on San Juan. With, well, well, you can look all that up on our Facebook page. You can read the rest of the article. But yes, we almost went to war with Canada over a pig. And that, there was a movie made, wasn't it called Canadian Bacon? It wasn't about this, but I just thought that was a funny thought. Wasn't that uh, where they were trying to start a war or something? Yes. Yes. Maybe oh, they thought there was a war. Article. Yeah, hmm? they thought there was a war. Yep, wasn't that John uh, they, they, John Candy? Didn't yeah. they think that there had been nuclear missiles launched or something? Yeah, and uh, they were, and uh, 
Yeah. I, I kind of uh, vaguely remember that. Um, and, there's some Ru- of- and there's some Russians involved in that too. Yeah, there was a bunch of people from CCTV that were in that. Um, but yeah, yeah, we almost went to war over a pig and 10 bucks. So uh, I've seen people fight for less. Yeah, indeed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, BLTs don't come cheap, people. All right. Well, we've got four minutes, Dennis Lee. So you want to uh, run through that? Or, or do we? I, I guess we don't really have to do that tonight, do we? Talk really fast. No, I mean, look, um, we've got lots of ways for you to to get in touch with us. Um, you know, you can get us on Twitter at Tristalk WG Moon. Make sure to follow our Facebook page. Uh, we post all the um, podcasts on there um, and also the articles and also some good pictures and uh, get to know us a little better. Uh, so make sure to follow us on Facebook at Tristalk. And you can email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com to send us any suggestions or or pictures. Um, geez, we'll have to shout out to BP about that. Um, or, <laughs> you know, uh, just anything you'd like to say to us. You know, we, we appreciate that. And uh, you can find us on Spotify at Tristalk, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and Player FM. Uh, at Trice Talk. And, um, you know, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. in the Eastern Time with many pods the rest of the time. And Donald Wayne has been burning it up, I say. And um, thank you so much. Uh, yes, Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole will be starting regularly on Friday and Saturday in this new month of June at 11 p.m. Eastern And look, we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. We love you, and we couldn't do it without you. Yes, thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight, spending time and your comments and so forth. We do appreciate you spending that time with us. Uh, Quickly, the closing thought is, in life, you will realize there is a role for everyone you meet. Some will test you, some will use you, some will love you, and some will teach you. But the ones who are truly important are the ones who bring out the best in you. They are the rare and amazing people who remind you why it's worth it. And it doesn't say who that's by, but I kind of like that. All right. I think we made it, Dennis Lee. We still have a minute and a half to go. So thanks again, everybody. And Dennis, if you want to get the lights, Turn we'll them see you all on Tuesday night. Be safe. Stay safe, everybody. And remember what tomorrow's about. Thank you.